Hello, everybody, my name is Owen, and this is On's Guy to Talk for Monday, 22nd of November 2021. In today's episode, we've got plenty of things to talk about. MediaTek has a brand new processor that they claim is flagship level that could be put on high end phones that is really blazing fast. And Qualcomm's preparing to offer its own answer to MediaTek in a few days, but with an interesting twist. And they've uh, sort of uh, given us a peek at how Snapdragon will be sort of the what the next chip will really be called. And we've got plenty of uh, leaks and rumors and, and much, much more to talk about. We've got plenty to talk about, as always, in this episode. So let's get rolling, shall we? So first things first, we've got to talk about Dimensity 9000. This is MediaTek's newest, you could say MediaTek's newest and probably fastest processor yet. Uh, in that sense, it's the first four nanometer processor from MediaTek that was that's been built by T- TSMC. Should improve with power efficiency. The first, the first chipset out there to use a Cortex X2 core, which would be uh, which is interesting, and the first to have Bluetooth 5.3, not 5.2, which is interesting. So, it really is one of the fastest. It, it looks to be a flagship processor and would probably be on phones that essentially are meant to be flagships and and all that, which is interesting. So so basically, according to MediaTek, would take mobile computing to the next level. So it's, it, it's based on the ARM V9 architecture uh, in that sense. It has one high-speed, high-performance um, Cortex-X2 core, which is, again, the first of its kind uh, in the processing world in that sense in the world of mobile CPUs. And this X2 core is clocked at 3.05 gigahertz. This is much faster than the Snapdragon 888 in that sense, in terms of the overall clock speeds. It is faster than the X1 cores that you get on the 888 for context. Uh, And then you have three uh, decently fast, you could say Cortex A710, A710, A710 you could say, uh, cores clocked at 2.85 gigahertz and four of high efficiency A510 cores set at clocked at 1.8 gigahertz. You got eight megabytes of L3 cache and six megabytes of system level cache is interesting. And a Mali G710 um, GPU, which is kind of called the MC10 here. So yeah, so overall it's an eight core processor, so it's split in one with one high-efficiency uh, core, uh, three regular performance cores, and four ultra-high-efficiency cores in that sense. The chipset will support LPDDR5X RAM speeds up to 7,500 megabytes per second in smartphones, so 7.5 gigabits, gigabytes per second. So that's pretty quick, generally speaking. Um, apparently, according to, uh, again, according to MediaTek, and they were showing off uh, Geekbench scores, uh, potentially, this happens to surpass the Snapdragon Triplet and the Apple A15 Bionic, two of the fastest smartphone processors in the world. This is MediaTek's claims that it, they essentially have built the fastest smartphone chip in the world. Now, I don't know about you, but generally speaking, I think you need. We, I mean, I mean, I, it's. I don't know how to say it. But uh, we gotta wait and see for this one. We gotta see the kind of phones that this processor comes out on and how they utilize all that juicy power and processing that this chip 
uh, offers potentially. Oh, and about a GPU, get a 10-core GPU generally. So the G710 has 10 cores. Overall, it again, it is a pretty beefy chip. In terms of connectivity, you have Bluetooth 5.3, first chip to do so. Wi-Fi 6E 2X2 support. Bluetooth audio low energy ready with quote-unquote dual link true wireless stereo audio. This is quite complicated. And in terms of navigation and tracking, you have Baidu Level 3, B1C, or Bidu. Uh, uh, this is quite complicated. Basically, a new standard of the Baidu. Uh, uh, again, this is, I think, China's answer to GPS. And this processor will support the one, one uh, the III B1C GNSS standard. So that's a little tidbit, though. As uh, so yeah, apologies if I mispronounced it or butchered the pronunciation or meaning. So that's that. Now you all are wondering about. Uh, oh, and, and, and again, uh, talking further about connectivity, uh, this has a sub six 5G modem. So uh, there's no information about. So yeah, this doesn't do millimeter wave out of the gate, but it. But you uh, with sub six gigahertz 5G. That's on 6 gigahertz, roughly mid-band 5G. You can get speeds theoretically of up to 7 gigabits per second, which is theoretical. So that's in the perfect lab setting, in the perfect environment, in the perfect world, 7 gigabytes per second, maximum theoretical, uh, with 3CC carrier aggregation. So mixing a whole bunch of bands up to 300 megahertz, basically. So that's how it is. And also it does R16 ULTX switching, transmits switching. Uh, for both, um, I don't know how to pronounce this, SUL and NR uh, ULCA based connections. Quite complicated networking jargon. I don't know how this works. I don't work in carrier community. I'm not a carrier engineer or a mobile uh, tower engineer, but I'm sure those who are in the business will know all these meanings. Basically, it does mid band 5G, doesn't do millimeter wave in a way. Um, it can kind of mix a bunch of frequencies and get you very fast downloads, theoretically. And also, the modem on this chip um, complies with the 3GPP's release 16 standards. So again, you'll get essentially top-notch 5G performance. That's what we have here. And has improved power consumption, I think is good to hear because 5G does suck up battery life on a lot of phones. So the fact that improving the efficiency is great in that regard. And finally, the image signaling processor on a Dimensity 9000. Basically, it can uh, theoretically uh, capture 4K HDR video from three cameras simultaneously. Basically, it does it by capturing three exposures from three different sensors at the same time. And then each one, and then it goes through three image signaling processors. That's interesting. So uh, the Imagic, as it would probably be pronounced, Gen 7 ISP is uh, now does 320 megapixel capture. So you can have a whole mix of sensors or one sensor that can, again, theoretically can go up to 320 megapixels, which is mind blowing. We didn't know phones can go this far, but if you do, if you think about it, if you packed, if you squished in, this is for phones like the Mi 12 Ultra, if you squished in three. 100 megapixel sensors back to back, you'd still have enough room to carry a macro sensor or depth sensor. So you could still capture data from a fourth 
sensor. So this has room for a whole bunch of camera uh, sensors at the same time. But yeah, basically the point is that this processor, the image signal processor here, can do uh, can capture pictures combined up to 320 megapixels. Along with that, it's the first uh, ISP generally to do three-core, three-exposure HDR image signaling processing. So it can capture HDR data or photos from three different exposures. Again, uh, which means three different sensors could use three cores completely individually. They're not sharing resources. They're not juggling um, the ISP. So you, you could easily run multiple sensors on your phone without any issue. I mean, this, these, again, these processors are, again, incredibly impressive um, given what they can do uh, overall. So, uh, and again, this is based off that you can use three different 32 meg uh, three 32 megapixel sensors. So you could pull this off without an issue. And as I mentioned earlier, you can theoretically capture three 4K HDR uh, video essentially from three different sensors and then again uh, that is again processed because you have three different exposures that is coming from the ISP so again pretty impressive stuff uh, nonetheless and again it's in quite a small little processor which again is impressive enough in, the, in that sense um, then really moving on this processor is the first of its kind to do 8k video encoding and decoding so the first of it so you can it can process 8K videos, so you can throw this on a smart TV and it can render 8K videos. Again, this is quite theoretical. This is like, this is its maximum possibility. But uh, in terms of display processing, um, it can handle up to a WQHD plus display at 144 hertz and a full HD plus display at up to 180 hertz refresh rate, which I think would be nice to hear for a lot of my smartphone geeks because again processors well processors have to keep up with the displays they have to refresh very quickly but this processor can go quite far in that regard which i think is impressive so overall uh it's a interesting high-end processor i think there's uh surely there's not not um you could say that there's uh with a processor not like it of its kind uh but then again it their claims, their claims of its processing power that's faster than the Snapdragon 888 and the A15 Bionic, I think is a bit of an eye-opener. That Not like in a bad way, but it's surprising, um, you know. And I think we don't really know how fast it is until, until we see phones that utilize this processor, the 9000, the Dimensity 9000, how good they are. Are they quite capable? Oh, they're fast, but one thing I'll definitely tell you, uh, you know, the numbers they've mentioned here and the specs here, uh, probably would tell one story, but the real-world performance would be something. So, again, it'll be interesting to see how this processor fares in the real world with actual phones that utilize this and take full advantage of all that processing power. Obviously, it's great for the likes of Xiaomi and Oppo and Vivo and Redmi and Realme and all the brands that utilize MediaTek chips already on a lot of their models uh, again, it's good for them to see a, a chip really made for them, uh, you know, to create incredible value and incredible processing power, incredible power and incredible value. So, so again, I don't want to say, I don't want to discount the fact that MediaTek means cheap chips. They need to have premium 
value-added processors. They can't keep making cheap stuff. It'll, it'll, they're losing money on it unless they kind of like to. I mean, I, I don't know what their strategy is with this stuff, but, but it's, it's interesting. They're trying to crack at the premium segment and try to kind of create a processor that can go onto premium headsets. So I think that's interesting move for MediaTek regardless. So uh, it's very good stuff from them. And again, can't wait to see a phone featuring this. And uh, again, let's see how it fares in terms of its uh, processing power, that is. All right, well, we were talking about new MediaTek processors. Qualcomm is going to be showing off some, new, some of their new processors, technically, uh, at the Snapdragon Tech Summit on November 30th, where they're going to show off everything to do with the world of Snapdragon and the iconic high-speed processor that has, again, dominated Android for a very, very long time. Now, they haven't talked about any new processors or which, what, which ones they're going to release. That's for November 30th. That's when they're going to do their conference and show off the new high-end processors. But they did reveal some bits. So first is that they've sort of disassociated Qualcomm from Snapdragon. Snapdragon's become a bit of a brand of its own, a kind of standalone offering that's basically about connected devices and connected products that, you know, so it emphasizes things like computers, phones, smart uh, electric cars, you know, stuff that needs need connected chips to, you know, run out, run in and experience, um, you know, uh, essentially a connected world. And, and, and Snapdragon emphasizes the word connected experiences. So I think that's pretty cool uh, that they've done that and they're not putting Qualcomm. I think I think I think it's more to do with the recall, brand recall. It's a thing in marketing where you know gotta make sure a name is like something that when you say it, people are like, Oh, I know, I know and then the guy in the back's like, I know and everyone the grandma knows it. <laughs> um and I think they might have done research before this and I'm sure they found out that Snapdragon sticks in people's minds much more than Qualcomm and now that they're gonna and Qualcomm as a company now, this doesn't mean they're separating the companies, though. Qualcomm's making Snapdragon chips, but Snapdragon's the brand name for Qualcomm now, which I think is interesting. And that will symbolize everything connected, uh, connected devices and phones and tablets, computers for Qualcomm. So I think that's interesting move for them. And I think smart because, again, you got to have a brand that, you know, says that, that, that has a meaning to people that, you know, if you know how marketing works, you gotta have something that when people know hear it or think about it, they think of that item. It it, it screams, you know, uh, not basically not sophisticated semiconductors, but again, uh, little chips that connect that run uh, the modern world that we know. You know, they they're on your phone, computer, they're in your car, you know, that kind. So yeah, uh, and on top of that, they've also have kind of, again, they've kind of tweaked their brand around with Snapdragon. Now, as they're not going to mention Qualcomm in the name of Snapdragon, so it'll just be Snapdragon as it is in the, where there's usually a square. Also, a new simplified and consistent naming structure for our platforms. Now, if you know, and if you know, then you know. And basically, uh, gone are the days where you have three-digit numbers for uh, Snapdragon chips. They're going to be moving to essentially a single-digit series and a generation number, Gen 1, Gen 2, just like they do for their computer chips that they make for connected Windows laptops, always-on laptops, uh, like the 8CX Gen 1 or Gen 2. 
So that's an example, gen uh, one, so eight CX gen one. So it's a bit more memorable. I think, I think, I don't know about you, but um, for us smartphone geeks, it'll be tragic, but it's because we'd kind of lose track of what processes exactly what, which one's faster, it'll be harder to distinguish unless you see the Geekbench score or really compare it with other phones and see which one's faster. But who knows, for regular casual consumers who are running out and buying phones, it'd be more memorable. you would be able to easier remember. I think they could do the MediaTek thing where they have different names for different processors. So mid-range, you know, budget, commodity kind of chips are called the Helio G series, and then the premium stuff is Dimensity. And you say that in market, in, 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 when you're promoting a smartphone, people will know the difference between them. But then again, I think it's Qualcomm's approach to uh, create a new kind of naming scheme. Uh, and I think this would be a good idea to have a single digit along with a generation number. It'd be easier to track because you know, you go to a laptop, you go to buy a laptop normally, you think of buying an Intel processor, and it's much easier to remember the generation. Oh, uh, do you have a laptop with Intel, with the i7 10th gen? So it's, I think I think they're going by that logic. Now that people are buying devices, they are they could also I mean it'd be easier marketing wise to tell people that to distinguish different processors and platforms. So I think that's pretty cool in that sense. On top of that, branding wise also they're retaining again apparently um the new visual assets for the iconic fireball logo for the Snap snapdragon chip new colors representing the snapdragon processor midnight gunmetal nickel snapdragon red and gold and speaking of gold the color gold will basically be used to symbolize the premium tier products like the eight series as we'll probably call it in that sense I think if you think about it now, I think it makes a hell of a lot more sense to um, to have the platforms be in that single number. So six series, seven series, eight. Yeah, it, it would make a whole lot of sense. But I don't know how you distinguish different variants that go on different phones for different folks. I'm sure we'll find out on November 30th, that's for sure. <coughs> I beg your pardon. I, I, I had a, As I said, I've had a dry throat, so... My throat's been a bit funny. The, the, the last bit that's interesting is the fact that, uh, and they wrote this in the press release, our automotive portfolio is now 100% Snapdragon branded. Add the platform and experience level layer. That's interesting. So uh, Qualcomm's EV, or you could say uh, automotive chips, will not be called Qualcomm chips. They're now Snapdragon branded. Cool. So that's pretty interesting, and um, and again they're going to be doing they're going to be doing their summit on November thirtieth, calling it the Snapdragon Tech Summit now to emphasize the Snapdragon brand as we know it and the processors and platforms that create the Snapdragon experience, being fast, efficient, and all the following, and are quite popular. And I think people love to buy a Qualcomm processor after all, and again it uh, powers the connected world around it. So that's uh, interesting. So again, can't wait to hear what they have to say. Um, probably uh, next Wednesday. No, next. Yeah, next. Is it um, 20? So 24th, uh, 7.30. So yeah, essentially like next Tuesday, they'll talk about their new process, which I think is interesting uh, nonetheless. So 
we've had the Honor 50 series already, and now we're, get, we're getting the Honor 60 series. So we've been getting plenty of teasers of the new, new series of Honor phones that are coming out. And again, and again, we are essentially getting lots of teasers. And now we've gotten this latest one, and it kind of reveals the exact date, the reveal date sort of now that where they'll show off these new phones. And that is next Wednesday, December 1st. It was interesting, uh, generally. And, um, and basically, the video that they shared, uh, showing, the tease, showing off the teaser, essentially, uh, has um, kind of had a bit of that ast I mean, astronomy attached to it, you could say. So there essentially could be an astro, a night, a kind of night mode, an astro night mode, an astrophotography night mode. So you could literally see the, star you could see the stars in the sky and take photos. Pretty cool. Um, then again, there again, like the fifty series, you expect to see two the two circle camera bump that was in the the two circles camera bump that's in the Honor fifty series. I mean, beg your pardon, I'm gonna cough again. <coughs> Doing it in one take, so you know it's that that's difficult. Uh, so expect two circle the two circle camera bump that you had on the fifty, along with three actual models, the regular. Uh, Honor 60, the Pro, and the SE. That's pretty cool uh, in that sense. And again, like the Honor 50 series, this, as, in, as, as I said, will have a whole bunch of processors and specs. So again, we'll wait, to, we'll wait and see till December 1st what, uh, what, what we're getting in this phone generally. So again, uh, pretty cool stuff from Honor. Um, and they've probably been making some pretty good phones since they... And we're, and we're no longer part of Huawei in that sense, so, uh, so yeah, um, good, good for them, you know. Let's talk about smartphone rumors and leaks, like, we, could, we got things to talk about. Um, so, fortunately enough, the Pixel 6 series is out, pretty, good, pretty cool phones. Cameras are unique, uh, again, both have the Tensor chip, which is the first of its kind, and Google offering its own processor, it was interesting. But more than everything, uh, we might expect to see the 6A, an A-series, the latest A-series uh, uh, phone. Why am I saying processor? It's a phone phone. <laughs> uh, we don't know much about the 6A. Uh, we have the 6-series phones, and they're quite popular, and, and a lot of people are definitely going to buy them. But what if you want to buy a Pixel on a budget? The Ace, the Pixel, insert a particular number, A, uh, you know, A series is interesting. Uh, we've had the 5A, it's already available, which kind of came out well after the Pixel 5's release. This one is interesting, the Pixel 6A. This could come out pretty soon, probably well, 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 well after the 6 series comes out, probably next year, early next year, or probably in the spring. But um, yeah, you could expect it that way. But interestingly enough, um, the Indian tech blog. Uh, 91 Mobiles and Steve Hammerstoffer on leaks have uh, brought together a leak of the Pixel 6a, uh, kind of showing it completely fully in the, in broad daylight, the Pixel 6a um, with 5K resolution renders, which is pretty cool. I'll, I, I'll try to link this article and you can check it out in the show notes. It's pretty interesting. So basically, the 6a uh, with the renders we have here, it purportedly has this design, it's quite like the Pixel 6, 
with this uh, Robocop eyes look, if that's way how you want to pronounce it, with a look like that uh, at the back. So it carries that design element or language from the Pixel 6 series overwhelmingly, uh, but it's pretty compact. That's one thing I definitely you could see from the renders if you're smart enough. The front, you just have a punch hole notch at the top, and that's pretty much it. And a pretty uh, compact display. So this looks to be a compact phone nonetheless. And so uh, with that, this phone generally will feature a 6.2 inch flat OLED display. Pretty interesting, AMOLED probably. With a single, with a punch hole notch already and an in-display fingerprint sensor potentially. Dual rear cameras at the back with a single LED flash in like this kind of wiser module that's interesting like the Pixel 6. Uh, if in the renders, you could kind of see that it has a glass back and dual tone finish. Now, we don't actually know if the actual device in the end will have a glass back, but again, I think it's completely doable in this day and age with phones. Um, and, um, and yeah, really. You have a USB-C port completely, no headphone jack. So yeah, no headphone jack on the Pixel 6. And I don't know, this was kind of expected. The Pixel 6 series did not have headphone jacks at all. In that sense, it used USB-C for audio also if it wanted to do wired audio. So that's pretty interesting. Um, now, we don't know what processor it will come with. So it might come with a kind of lowered, that watered down version of the Tensor chip already or a mid-range Snapdragon chip that's pretty good for Google, potentially, who knows. Um, and it probably will come with the same sorts of sensors as the Pixel 6. So you might get the same so, uh, hardware, almost some similar hardware elements of the Pixel 6, because it's gonna be like, a, it's gonna be this uh, mid-year upgrade before the Pixel 7 series. So it could carry some bits of the Pixel 6, like the design and the cameras around. So that's interesting. And according to them, uh, this phone may come with six or eight gigabytes of RAM or up to 128 and under, up to 128 gigabytes of storage, pretty much. So this will kind of come with Android 12 and then you get software upgrades with it because it's a pixel after all. Pixels give you software updates, uh, you know, so you could literally get several versions of Android with a pixel, which is the best part. The software is why people buy a pixel phone, not the processor. If you think about that, and Samsung's phones are great for that in that sense. So what do I think about it? I'm pretty surprised with this line. It looks very, com it is quite compact, around six inches, which is still a little big, but again, quite compacted compared to the regular Pixel uh, 6 um, in that sense. And um, we don't know much about it, but AMOLED chip is definitely doable. AMOLED processor. Why am I saying processor? Oh well, AMOLED display is totally doable in this day and age. I mean, there are phones that are quite, I mean, the there are Infinix phones out there um, that are coming with AMOLED displays. So this is totally doable in that sense. The memory makes sense. The camera setup, that's doable. The, the display, yeah, I definitely can see this coming. We, again, there, still, we don't know a lot about this phone, the battery, um, the processor so i think over time we'll get to know it eventually but uh, this is an interesting leak and then again I'll, I will leave this post uh in the show notes so you can go check it out later on um pretty much so moving on uh 
Let's go digital, a Dutch blog that's basically known for finding pa patents from smartphone makers and putting it out as, oh, this could actually happen, guys. They could make this device, but it's just a patent. They found a new patent from OnePlus. OnePlus filed, again, OnePlus apparently filed, filed a patent, and this is to purportedly show a trifold foldable device, a folding phone that can fold three ways, literally, uh, a trifold configuration. So it kind of can be, uh, so it's essentially uh, can be unfolded. Um, so it's folded in a triple way, kind of like maps. You know, if you've ever had paper maps growing up, so they're kind of folded up um, in, in many, in multiple ways, kind of like origami. So this trifold means that they're like three displays. And so it kind of unfolds into and then the third display like unfolds at the end so it kind of uh, unfolds like a paper map which i think is the best example um and a patent kind of shows the mechanism behind it was interesting so you have a rotating turning plate uh, for this you have a sliding key so you can lock up the orientation as it is there are magnets that can essentially stick uh, that will help attach the uh the foldable displays uh, to it so it doesn't keep running it doesn't you know it uh, again it doesn't uh, suddenly unfold by accident in that sense and it works with the sliding key so when you flick that you slide it um, it will lock up the orientation which is interesting it's just a patent this doesn't mean that OnePlus will actually do a folding phone it might happen this could be something that they thought of and decided to you know patent it uh, to kind of make money down the road in the future if they decide to pursue it. Obviously, trifold, uh, tri-folding displays, triple-folding displays are difficult. We've just gotten around to folding two sides of a display, literally. So this is several years away, as I've mentioned, but it's a pretty good scoop from these folks, nonetheless. All right, we got, and then we got another bit of rumors, uh, the Xiaomi 12X. So a tipster by the name of Cat... I'm gonna probably butcher his name horribly wrong. I'm so sorry if I had done it. I mean, Capper uh, Kizrapek uh, posted on Twitter, uh, and he kind of uh, basically uh, found this IMEI certification for a phone that was purportedly called the Xiaomi 12X, uh, and it has the code name Psychic, interestingly, and has a model number, which is, uh, which if I uh, say it here, it's essentially 2112123 AG. So, hope I didn't do pronounce that horribly wrong. That's interesting. But the uh, certification here, uh, the IMEI certification for this phone, has revealed a bunch of interesting things. This phone will have the Snapdragon 870, a 50 megapixel main sensor, a camera. Uh, a 6.2-inch AMOLED HDR10. Uh, I don't know what this is. FOD here. Uh, fingerprint on a display. I I'm sure it's in-display fingerprint uh, sensor. Uh, 120 hertz, full HD plus display. Um, give you exact specifications from the certification. So, so this is what we know about the 12X. I would suspect that this will kind of go between the regular Xiaomi 12 and Xiaomi 12 Ultra that's already available. And it'll be somewhere, it'll be this value device in the middle or probably uh, in the 12 series generally. So it could be that good value for money device uh, from Xiaomi nonetheless. 
So I don't know if my la- if you're able to hear uh, you know um, hiss or some you know, strange noises in the background, but that's just expected. This last story, this last story is pretty interesting. Apparently, Spotify, the pretty popular music streaming service, uh, will uh, will no longer just give you automatic shuffling of albums, uh, whether you're free or in premium. I think if you're in premium. You can listen to albums in full form as it is, but when you click play on the album, it just completely shuffles the album. Uh, but uh, they're no longer gonna let you do that. They'll just give you, give, they're gonna give you a simple play button on the uh, track, pretty much. On the album, sorry, uh, that is. That's because of a unexpected, this is because of Spotify fulfilling a request from a highly unexpected individual. You wanna take a guess? Uh, I mean, okay. I, I won't. I'll, I won't keep you waiting. It's Adele, the superstar. You know. Uh, I bet. I bet if Spotify didn't fulfill Adele's like request to like, you know, change this, tweak this UI to not have a shuffle button, she would kind of gone like, uh, never mind. I'll I'll find some other streaming service, just like you, someone like you. Okay. Okay. I. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, um, if you really don't know, if you never use Spotify, or if you do use it, as I've mentioned earlier, when you go to an album, you want to play it completely, and you have premium, or you can listen for free uh, on your computer, um, instead of a play button, usually, there'd be like a little shuffle button, so you can click on it, and it shuffles to the whole song, uh, to the album, pretty much. But now you can directly click on the play button, and listen to the entire album. Now, Adele has this issue that her album 30, essentially, I'm no music reviewer, okay, but it's, uh, again, it's uh, pretty emotionally charged. Um, it's going to bring you to tears, kind of. Um, in that it, She kind of tells a whole story about her kind of heartbreak and her divorce, um, and now she's single, sort of, and, and, and she's moved on. And I, and I heard that he made it for her son. So he kind of listens to the future and then realizes why all this happened, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. But weirdly enough, I mean, I think streaming, you do end up listening to entire albums if you think about it. I don't know about you. Maybe it's to do with fandoms or how much more you regularly stream. But you do end up listening to entire albums. It's not about singles. But then again, streaming is more focused on listening to singles generally. And I think this is a good point that Adele raised here. I mean, someone as famous as Adele's raised this point. I mean, uh, and, and she tweeted about this, interestingly enough. It's pretty rare to see Adele tweet about things. This is the only request I had in our ever-changing industry. We don't create albums with so much care and thought into our track listing uh, for no reason. Our art tells a story, and our stories should be listened to as we intended. Thank you, Spotify, for listening. Haha, <laughs> nice one. Expression. Yeah, artistic expression. Anything for artistic expression. <laughs> and then Spotify responded, anything for you. <laughs> so, yeah, aside from Spotify being pretty awesome folks, I think this is an interesting point that uh, she raised and obviously pressured Spotify into changing. It's a little UI tweak, you could say. I, what I do on, on Apple Music, there's a play and shuffle button, as it usually was in the music app, because that's what Apple Music is based on, the music app. Uh, there's a play and shuffle button. On Spotify, you have a shuffle button exclusive on mobile. That's for free and premium users. 
I believe so it's an interesting thing we don't think about too much frankly but it's something interesting to uh, uh, know that it's there um, but yeah uh, what do you think uh, do you do you randomly listen to just random songs or you do or you do sit through and listen to entire albums I'd love to know you know that you know the socials you can again you can tweet me you can send me a tweet I'm at said underscore mound 99 in case you're curious you know do do drop me a tweet if you're interested but yeah I mean uh, that was quite fascinating uh, see, reading about this uh, again it's it, again it's pretty cool uh, it seems like Spotify ha- has gone a bit easy on Adele so that's definitely expected um, in, in that sense I, I don't know about you personally but again 30 is really is an album that you probably a music album that you probably want to listen start to finish every track because again it tells something it tells a story it's kind of like this progression of a heartbreak in that sense I, I don't know about you but that's how I feel um, I mean I'm pretty much sure phone geeks don't have tastes right in music they probably listen to anything popular and bassy right uh, but yeah what kind of person are you uh, are you an albums person are you singles do you like to listen to a playlist instead that's a Spotify thing you you'd put a playlist and that's it which makes sense you go back and listen to a playlist that's that's basically a story itself are stitched by none other than the fans and the users but yeah what do you think what kind of person are you uh, I'd love to know uh, again do drop me a tweet or a DM uh, you know my socials but yeah we've come to the end of the episode what do you think of everything you are today the Dimensity 9000 the Pixel 6a this Adele thing let me know I'm on Twitter and Instagram at say underscore mount 99 uh, definitely drop me a tweet or DM. Uh, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. Sh- share this to your friends and family as much as you can. Forward the episode link to your friends and family on WhatsApp as much as you can to you know get the word out. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that more folks can go out and you know find it easily when they search for my show. It's at the top of the search when you go to Apple Podcasts. Uh, that definitely helps with that. But yeah. Till Wednesday, this is your boy Mount signing out. Stay safe wherever you are on earth. Take care. And uh, yeah, have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Ciao.